lesson here is as above, so below. As, as below, below, so, so above. above. everybody welcome back to our podcast as above so below i'm your co-host tony um i use she her pronouns i'm a pisces rising taurus sun libra moon decided to say you know all three since this is the last episode in the season hi everyone i'm silver i'm your other co-host my pronouns are she they i'm a pisces rising sagittarius sun taurus moon um and i'm also really excited to be here for the last episode of the season. It's been a fun journey with you all and we really appreciate you guys sticking around to like listen to us talk astrology. Um. (laughs) It's been a fun journey with you all. It's been a fun journey with you, Silver. Um, We are both brimming with excitement um, about recording this episode. I don't know if y'all heard it the last 2000 times that we said it um but we are Pisces risings and so we're really excited to actually get into the good stuff about Pisces and also Virgo and this actually Tony would always make like be like we don't need to say we're Pisces risings every episode guys (laughs) I don't know why I was trying to like tone it down a little bit I'm actually that no but like I get it because it was a little like redundant uh, obviously but that's so funny that you're like for the last 2,000 episodes (laughs) like geez okay I'm kidding I'm kidding you know it's only been a few times but um we're excited to talk about this axis we're excited to get into the details and get into the confusion Um, get into the confusion. I felt like details was a Virgo word, so I felt I put confusion in there for Pisces. <laughs> but anyways, this will be or a delusion. Delusion. Okay, yeah. I love that. We're ready to get into the details and delusion of this axis. Um, but before we get into this fun topic, um, let us figure out what's going on with us right now. How are we feeling? What's going on in the sky? We are in Sag season, Sag season in full effect. <laughs> um, we also have Venus in Sag, Mercury in Sag. Um, we have the moon in Aquarius, but it's at 28 degrees of Aquarius, which means probably while we're recording, it will go into Pisces, which is so cute. I love it. Okay. Um, we have Jupiter in Pisces, um, and we have Mars in Gemini, and we also have a Gemini rising chart. But imagine the babies born today. I know. I'm kind of liking it. A lot of mutable energy with, you know, this Sag stellium right now. So how yes. are you feeling? How are you feeling, our Sag representative? That's actually really interesting that it's in Sagittarius because I've been feeling very, like, I don't know, like inner Virgo, like trying to like structure my life a little bit. Um, So, but it feels good. I'm feeling like a lot better. I feel like, and I'm also ending my 12th house perfection year. So um, I'm so excited to, you know, get into my first year perfection. In anticipation of your first house perfection year, do you feel like you're already starting to kind of pick up on any themes or has anything 
like been happening that's just kind of made you start to think more reflectively in terms of like your inner self um I think I've been like really retrospective and I feel like I always do that right before my birthday I just start like thinking about all the years before and the ways I've grown and the ways I've like you know like stayed stagnant or whatever um but it's been like kind of more inspiring than like stressful if anything which is like I think that in itself is like more first house feeling to me like kind of more exciting I've just been able to see so much more like abundance and things I'm grateful for lately than before look at that <laughs> for, for a Jupiter ruled first house perfection year we yeah. love these words <laughs> um going from Saturn so <laughs> Yeah. Um, someone who went through it in May, I just felt like one, I, okay, obviously for my birthday, I always do a look, right? But I felt like preparing my birthday look for year 24, it felt so like, like I was stepping into a new element of myself. Like it was just more fun and like exciting. And I felt like I was being more creative and like stepping into this first house year, which is like about the self feeling really like confident. Yeah, I definitely feel that way. And that's so crazy that you did too. Like, I love that you have like a little bit of a, you know, head start when it comes to like our experiences as Pisces Risings. Cause like, I'm like, okay, she got through it. Like, <laughs> Yeah, I'm right here behind you, friend. I'm like, listen, it'll be okay. Um, so I'm wishing you, obviously, an amazing first house year. Thank you. So yeah, that's how we're feeling. Obviously excited for things to come. But in this moment, we're about to get into this episode. Yeah, so let's just jump right into Virgo and Pisces. Um, so we're going to start with talking about where these um signs fall on our chart which is actually hilarious because I think everyone knows by now but yeah um or like just what planets we have in the signs in general yeah so Tony what where do Virgo and Pisces fall in your chart um okay so Virgo falls in my seventh house um and I have the north node in Virgo and I also have this asteroid called Juno in Virgo I'm not going to get into what that asteroid is about in astrology today, but yeah, those are two placements that I have there. And then for Pisces, that's my first house. So my ascendant, everybody's ascendant falls in your first house. Pisces, first house for me. Um, and I have um, my Jupiter in Pisces as well as my south node. And I also have an asteroid called Pallas there as well, which I won't get into, but I have three things going on for Pisces and two things going on for Virgo. For me, in my Virgo house, I have um, nothing. <laughs> <laughs> but that's that falls in my, I think it falls in my sixth in Placidus. But yeah, it sucks not having Virgo placements in um, that house because I feel like I could really benefit from some Virgo energy. But I have in my first house, my Pisces rising house, I... Yeah, that's my ascendant. And then it's also um, what my Jupiter's in. So I feel like that's pretty abundant and lucky. So that's where we have Virgo and Pisces in our charts. Um, and before we get into the building blocks of those two signs, I think we want to go into a little bit about what our ascendant means. Because um, 
you know, we mention all the time that we're Pisces risings, but we don't actually go into like, what does it mean for someone to have a rising or like, we don't necessarily go into what a rising sign actually means. So before we get into what it signifies for us, I think it's good for us to kind of describe what it actually is in your birth chart. Um, Every two hours or so, um, there's a different zodiac sign that's like passing over the eastern horizon. And so your rising sign is the exact degree of the zodiac sign that was rising over the eastern horizon at the moment you were born. So this is why like in astrology, everybody's like, oh, what's your birth time? Because like in order to know your rising, you need to know what time you were born so we can know when you entered this world and what sign was on the eastern horizon. So yeah, that's what it means like astrologically, technically. But um, obviously it signifies more than just that. Um, So Silver, what are some like significations you feel like you have for your ascendant or rising sign? I would say like the rising sign is the lens through which the world sees you. It's very much like what your personality gives off. It's also like your first house. So it's like, I feel like it is a big part of our identity, even though I know that the sun is like the identity. Yeah, I think um, the lens through which people view you is good, but I also think of it as the lens through which you view the world. Um, So I think it's the most personal point in the sky when you were born. And so like, that's why people would say their rising sign even more so than their sun or moon, because it's like, there's going to be a lot of people who will have the same sun sign as you, even the same moon sign, but like the rising sign, because that's changing so frequently, um, it's much, you're much less likely to share that in common with someone. Um, so yeah, like the lens through which you view the world. Um, I also think of it as, like you said, like, I think it does have to do with your personality and how you present yourself. It's just like your essence, kind of your, what you bring into a space, even if there's no one in that space, how are you entering like new environments? Um, Chani Nicholas describes it as like your motivation for being here. Um, and so it's kind of like, what are you, I, I think of it as like, what are you seeking? I think it's a little bit different from your purpose. Like, what are you here to do? But it's kind of like, why are you here to do it? Like, what is the why? What's your why? Yeah, that's beautiful. <laughs> so now that we've talked a little bit about what one's rising sign means, um, I think later we'll go into what we feel being a Pisces rising means for us, but just want to start us off with like the general understanding of the ascendant. Um, now we will get into our visuals. Starting off with Virgo, um, the symbol underneath is the glyph for Virgo. And um, I honestly cannot tell you how to remember this glyph because it's just one that I just have a hard time remembering, but I don't know. Silver, how would you describe this symbol? Like, how does it relate to Virgo? I don't know. I honestly don't. Like, the M for maiden, maybe. But then the thing that always confused me was, like, the um, similarities to the Scorpio symbol. But, like, right now, it it says me. So that's another way, maybe. <laughs> yeah. I actually learned that, like, I think the Virgo and Scorpio symbol used to be the same at one point in the past, but then they ended up like branching out a little. But anyways, um, that's it's, so weird. Yeah. What's the reasoning behind that? Or if they just like couldn't think of another letter? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Um, but yeah, it is. It's a cute symbol, though. It's just a little complex. Um, 
Virgo is an earth sign along with Taurus and Capricorn. Um, its modality is mutable. It is ruled by Mercury and Jupiter is in detriment in Virgo. Um, Mercury is also exalted in Virgo. Venus falls in Virgo and it's a nocturnal sign. Yes, yes. Beautiful Virgo. Um, so now we have Pisces. Um, the glyph under it is the Pisces symbol. Apparently, Tony, it's supposed to be two fishes swimming away from each other tied by a rope. Apparently. Oh, um, okay. So I see how like the two little curved lines um, can kind of like show kind of the opposite directions that yeah. the fish are swimming in. Okay. Yeah. But when I, when I saw it the other day, I thought I said to Tony that it looked like a bridge. Um, I feel like the way in which like Pisces connects from like, like fantasy or spirituality and reality. Um, Pisces is a water element along with Scorpio and um, Cancer. Its modality is mutable. It's ruled by Jupiter. Mercury is in detriment in Pisces. Venus is exalted in Pisces and Mercury falls in Pisces. And it is also a nocturnal sign. So those are the building blocks of Virgo and Pisces. Um, as always, we're going to go into more detail on what those building blocks mean for us. And so starting off with Virgo, our Earth sign, we're going to talk about Earth again for the last time. So we talked about Earth in um, the Taurus Scorpio episode, and then we talked about it again for the Cancer Capricorn episode. And so we're back here again to remind our listeners of what earth means to us so start us off all right so when i think of earth and earth signs i've said like the practicality of being human and i think of like seasons in like the sense of like on earth and also like through you know just like life experiences i think of like routine and cycles and i think of um, I also think of nature when I think of Earth. I think of like the cycles of um, nature and, and the environment. So yeah, what are some Earth words for you? Um, yeah, so I really liked what you said before about like the practical sort of nature of being human. Um, and I feel like the word practice is very Virgo. Um other earth sign, I mean, other earth words I have include stability, um, the material plane. I have um, the earth is solid, but it is malleable. And I think the earth's malleability is very interesting for Virgo in particular. Um, and then I have the word productive and routine, ritual I included. Um, but yeah, like earth is just about like, what we can do here and how we can make the most of our, you know, experience here in this earthly realm and our earthly bodies, um, which brings us into that other keyword of the body, the embodied experience. Um, and I think for Virgo, it's like specifically how the body works, like physiology, the, the physiological factors of the body. Um, so like our body is full of systems and full of like, 
you know, communication and um, it's just like a whole functioning thing happening. Um, and it's happening in a very precise and determined way. And I feel like that is what Virgo, that's kind of how Virgo operates as well. Um, and of course, like with the body, like we said in our previous, you know, episodes, what are the ways that we're overworking our bodies, overtaxing them? And in a similar way that we do to the earth itself. Um, and so, yeah, yeah. Like the how and the why of the embodied experience experience and in relation to that, I think health is obviously an important practical part of being human. And that is Virgo's like thing. Um, that's a very key Virgo word. Um, in addition to the word heal, which, you know, they have the same root word as health, which means to make whole and wholeness being like sound, healthy and safe. So yeah, those are some words that come to mind for earth for me. Yeah. The words like heal and health definitely, I feel like remind me of the Virgo Pisces axis in general. Like, I feel like those are, that's just their purpose I feel like whether it be like for others or for themselves or um what be it but yeah I think those are great words so yeah um Virgo is an earth sign as we just mentioned but it's also a mutable sign so when it comes to mutability and like the mutable signs um words that come to mind are like adapting um exploring molding shaping um modifying, adjusting, (laughs) all of these things I feel like have in common this idea of like that transitional period or moving one thing from one point to another, but like you are the the bridge, you know, moving it, transitioning it over. Um, And specifically with Virgo being a mutable earth sign. um, So like I said, earth is malleable, but it's solid. So when it comes to you know, like modifying earth or molding or shaping earth. I feel like it requires just kind of different skills than it would for like mutable air or mutable water, right? Like those things are a little bit, mutability is a little bit more um, simple and natural for water and air. But when it comes to earth, it requires like precision, tools, skill, craftiness. You have to kind of like study it to figure out, okay, like what shape do I want to create? And like, how do I get from you know, point A to point B. Um, And then another mutable word I had for earth signs is alchemy. And I'm going to come back to this word a lot throughout the episode, but just to give one definition of kind of what alchemy was or like what alchemists were trying to do kind of during those early, I don't know, 9th, 10th, 11th centuries. um, It was about trying to transform base metals into silver or gold. And it was about like trying to take one thing that was pretty much basic into something better, like gold, like something more valuable. Um, and Virgo is very, you know, all about that life of making it better. So um, those are some mutable words that come to mind for me. How about you, mutable representative? So for mutability, I think of the same words, you know, like adaptability. I think of like evolution and transition for sure. I feel like all of these signs are very, like, ever-changing signs. I mean, never, like, stagnant, you know? Um, And when I think of a mutable earth, for some reason, like, seasons come to mind. For mutable earth, I would think more of, like, 
a process like seasonal like like just stages of like change but like it's like a consistent change you know what I mean mm. um so, so this is your way of saying that Virgos are the most stable mutable signs oh absolutely <laughs> <laughs> they're the only wait, one wait let me think yeah wait yeah <laughs> I mean I guess it also depends on what you define as stability, right? Because if they have, right. you know, anxiety. Gemini could, about- could be, too. I just don't, me being a Sagittarius Pisces rising, I don't, not even saying this insultingly, I just feel like Sagittarius Pisces are not what I would consider stable. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, I wouldn't necessarily consider Gemini that either. I think yeah. Virgo definitely, out of all of them, it's like, okay. Yeah, exactly. Ones. But it still, like, does have that, like, desire for change which I love like I love that it could be both you know yeah I feel like Virgo is like consistent change like change but for a purpose um and so that's a little bit about mutability um also I think like for Virgo to be a mutable earth sign I think we need to um always just kind of like keep in mind this idea of changing one thing like changing something that is tangible from one thing to another Virgo season is like harvest season right like it's like mm-hmm. and so like to kind of like have your um your, the fruits of your labor come to fruition like that's mm-hmm. like I feel like what you're talking about is like seeing the process of something come to be so yeah that's mutability and that's earth but Virgo is also ruled by Mercury and Mercury exalts in Virgo so Silver, tell us a little bit more about Mercury and how do you feel about Mercury? When I think of Mercury, I think, you know, like that's the planet of thought and communication. Um, it's the planet of um, like details. It's like very detail oriented. It's the planet of like the small things we think of, like the intricacies. Yeah, with Mercury, um, I just think about how like it's such a fast moving planet. Um, it's literally zipping around the Earth every 88 days. Um and like you said, it's about those details. It's about thought and communication. It's covering so many sectors of life that just kind of help make our world function, such as like communication, transportation, technology, language, information. Um, and it also like rolls over um, like the market and merchant and businesses. So it's like there's so many ways in which those details are so important. I think that's why the saying the devil's in the details because it's like Mercury makes the world go round. <laughs> um, do you have anything you would like to say about like Mercury as the ruler of Virgo and also Virgo as the place where Mercury is exalted? Like, do you have anything about that versus um, like Mercury and Gemini? Yes. Well, like Virgo be- being ruled by Mercury, the planet. I think that's funny that like, you know, the element of mercury is like a liquid metal and it's like a moldable metal and like that's giving mutable earth um as for virgo's relationship with mercury i feel like um like they're able to channel like these ideas or these messages or whatever and they're able to like organize it and actually like have it come to fruition versus like with gemini i feel like it's like gemini doesn't really like filter the messages or whatever like they're just like you know like it's just like out and through, out and through. And I feel like, like you said, the devil's in the details. So I feel like when it comes to Virgo um, being this Mercury ruled sign, 
on an axis with Pisces, it's like the the little things. It's like habits. Like, you know, like when you want like a big goal, like starting off with little new habits in order to like get to that goal. Mm-hmm. It's like a master manifester. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, I'm so glad you brought the Mercury part about like the chemical element. Um, because that was something I thought about too. Like how it's it's literally called a transition metal. Um, and how it's earth being malleable it's like the version of earth being ductile it's solid when it's at its freezing point but at like room temperature it's liquid and it's very unique in that way and then also it's like um bringing it back to alchemy and why i feel like alchemy is such a good word for virgo um mercury is like one of the you know essential metals that alchemists used or felt like could be turned could be used to turn into silver or gold and so um they believed that Mercury transcended both the solid and liquid states, both earth and heaven, both life and death. And so alchemy, like there's a sort of scientific side to it, but there's also like a spiritual side to it. And I feel like Mercury kind of bridges those gaps. And I think that's so relevant because like Mercury is um, represented by Hermes, which is like the Greek God said to be the God of trade, wealth, luck, fertility, um language thieves and travel um and it's also the son of zeus which i think is um interesting because zeus is jupiter so mercury is like jupiter's son (laughs) um but one of the things that you know hermes was responsible for was like uh connecting the godly realm with like the human realm and being like a translator and a uh, go-between between those two realms and i think alchemy is very obviously related to that um and so, yeah, there's just a lot of ways in which the the understandings of Mercury, like even kind of being related to like trade and wealth and like fertility, I feel like there's so much that Mercury can do in Virgo versus in Gemini. Like in Gemini, I think Mercury is kind of um, like it's trying to do all these like communicative things, but it's really only doing it on like the social realm or like the... Um, human sort of intellectual realm and I feel like you can do a lot with that right but like if you bring it to the earthly realm then I feel like Mercury has access to do a lot more in terms of like building things creating things moving things like transcending things um and so for Mercury to be where I mean for Virgo to be where Mercury is at home and also exalted I feel like that's like pretty clear when you think about you know, the earth, the mutable earth environment and what that allows for Mercury. Basically, Virgo's a powerful ass bitch. Virgos are powerful. Like for like, I don't know if y'all have noticed, but there is not another sign in which a planet both has its home and exalts. Like that's just like like an extra level. That's crazy. That is so nuts. That's why Virgos are literally amazing at everything they do. Like, literally any, like, field, you'll find, like, an amazing Virgo. Yeah, I I agree. Like, I feel like, you know, there are other signs that prioritize mastery. Like we said, Capricorn. I mean, honestly, anyone can do it. But um, for Virgos, Mercury, I think, has so much support. And so it's, like, those sort of areas they'll really excel in because literally it's the home of mercury and it's the place where mercury is most recognizable like mercury is the king 
and the god and the people of of Virgo land. So like all of it. Yeah. Heard it here first. <laughs> um also feel like I mean <clears throat> Virgo, some like things that some significations for Virgo include like process and like tweaking things and trying to make them more efficient. <clears throat> so I feel like when Mercury is in Virgo, it can think more about how do we make life on earth better doing mercurial things like by doing the researching and by putting things together and by um, breaking things apart like how can we make it how can we make the material experience better yes it's like maximizing it (laughs) I'm like comparing that in my head to Taurus or like with Venus and but yeah, I think I think when it comes to obviously Virgo and Taurus are both earth signs. I think they do want they both want to make things better, but their definitions of better are different, right? So for a Virgo, better means like functioning. Is this functioning? Yeah. Does this make sense from a process point of but view? But it's also like is this functioning at maximum potential? Yeah. Versus like I feel like Taurus is like is this comfortable enough? Like, right, is exactly. this going to do enough for me right now? Like, Right, just enough. Like, is this just... Right. And it's like, um, yeah, that just enough obviously will vary depending on who the person is. But I think Virgo wants to go past just enough. Like, it just... It Virgo wants-, wants to make it to perfect. Right. <laughs> like, hopefully that's the goal. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, definitely both maximizes. And I feel like with Capricorn, I think it's more so... Um, I don't I think that Capricorns and Virgos are similarly trying to push past just enough, but I think that Capricorns have a much more um because they have such an awareness around like reality and like what's possible, they're not gonna push themselves beyond what's possible. Right. But I think Virgo in some ways will because or like is trying to strive for something that might not actually be possible. Yeah, those are just some ways that I feel like Virgo, Capricorn, and Taurus differ. Um, but now we can go into Pisces. Um, so our water sign. And so for what water means to us, Silver, did you have any keywords? For water, I think like profound, I think intuition, I think wisdom. Um, I think the, like when I think of water, obviously like one of my first thoughts is the ocean. And I think just like how long the ocean's been here and the wisdom it's acquired and the knowledge it's acquired. Um, but I also think of like the unknown and what we don't understand and what we like what is possible think of like its strength and its power Um, I've said this before but I feel like the where we can like lay our emotions or like feelings of any sorts our worries our doubts our fears um, where we can release them it's funny because like that's what people often like do to water signs. And it's like, did did the water ask for these worries and fears and doubts? <laughs> right. Did the ocean? Am I abusing the ocean? Oh, <laughs> wow. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think when I think of water, the first thing that kind of comes to mind, well, not the first thing. The first thing that comes to mind is like, ah, oh, hydrating. But then after that, <laughs> um, I think about connection in terms of like, what it means 
being spiritually connected, being, I was going to say physically connected, which sounds kind of nasty, but like, yeah, that too. Um, and uh, I also wrote mystery just in, in terms of it being so largely unknown. Um, I wrote source. Um, I don't know. I feel like everything comes from water. I also think of like divinity and source and water as very similar words um, or just meaning and signifying the same things. Um, I also wrote the word surrender because um, like I think before I've brought up how like water kind of carries you from one place to the next, but you kind of have to surrender to it. You can't like really fight it or else you'll kind of just tire yourself out. I mean, obviously, if you're trying to swim to a destination, you need to like fight it. But like it's so much more peaceful to just float in it right like the, the experience of floating in water is much more peaceful but it does require you know allowing the water to kind of just take you wherever you're supposed to go um and then I also wrote, wrote overwhelm um and I think that you brought that up before when we were talking about water in the previous episodes but um I think Pisces in overwhelm that word is like very um important for our Pisces placement yeah overwhelm is a great one I think unknown is also a great one for Pisces specifically yeah um, I also put borderless um oh, yeah. and I put eroding um because like water is like it seeps everywhere you can't it's very hard I mean it's not very hard but like naturally the ocean is border like it just keeps on going yeah naturally, it's like it's containable Right, exactly. For Cancer and Scorpio, although they're still water signs, I think their planet rulers give them a little bit more boundaries or like there's just elements to Scorpio and Cancer that allow those placements to instill boundaries in different places. Where Pisces, I think it's very difficult, like just being this water sign ruled by Jupiter, which we'll talk about in a little bit, but like boundaryless, eroding everything around it, sort of like seeping into the cracks. Like it's like, it's, it's everywhere. Some other things that I thought about for water and specifically Pisces was around spirituality and like what water represents spiritually. And so a lot of times it's usually um, referred to for like cleansing or initiating yourself into you know, a particular religious experience um, or spiritual experience. Um, I thought about how it immerses you, it's purifying, and it's also the universal solvent, right? Like scientifically, it's the universal solvent because it is capable of dissolving more substances than any other liquid. And so um, these are all things that I definitely keep in mind when thinking about Pisces, like especially when it comes to, again, eroding those boundaries and just not being able to really be kept out of any space or any experience like that's Pisces and that's water for Pisces so I feel like that's a perfect sort of setup into mutability because I'm already kind of getting into those words but like mutable water what what comes to mind for you Silver? So when I think of mutable water I think of adaptability I think of like um, moldability I feel like both of those things are already so similar in the way that they like can just like change and like shape and like you know like when you think of water like let's say a raindrop like it changes shape when a rock like upon hitting something 
Um, I feel like that's the same idea as like mutability, like just like changing depending on where it's, where it is, where it lands. Mm. Um, so I think of like, just like an extra layer of that adaptability. What do you think of when you think of like mutable water? I feel like the analogy you just gave was really um, perfect for mutable water. Um, I wrote flow and I feel like that's kind of what mutable water does to me. It just goes with the flow. Like it just flows. It's just vibing. It's just like, it's just allowing it because water is already kind of like water doesn't just naturally just stay still, right? It's already always moving. And so I feel like mutable water is just like, okay, just allow it. Like just let's, let's just move with it. It's the surrender you're talking about. Exactly. Exactly. Um, So I had movement. I had, yeah, everything you said, transition, explore, surrender. Yeah. And then I feel like adding Jupiter onto that, like a whole nother layer is like, I don't know, like water being reflective of like, also like faith, like you were talking about even like baptisms and such. Um, So I feel like adding a layer of like, you know, like emotion and then faith and then Jupiter, like this planet of like, I don't know. It's just like it's expanding. of faith. Jupiter yeah. is kind of a faith. Like Jupiter yeah. is belief. And I feel like this, like specifically, just like like water and Jupiter just exacerbate each other, and so does the mutability. Like when I think of like a Jupiter ruled water sign, I'm like, that's a like another capacity of like sorrow, <laughs> of like pain, <laughs> and like I mean, also of like the greatest emotions ever. But it's like yeah. it's just like you know, just so exacerbated. And I remember you talking about this, um, like how you feel like Scorpio has such a deep capacity for pain. And I feel like they're similar in that sense, but like obviously very different because of Jupiter versus Mars. Yeah. So like, I feel like that, like Jupiter brings a level of also like, of excitement, of faith, of (laughs) like, of life. So (laughs) I feel like it's, yeah. But also just like, it can just bring another level of intensity because like water is already pretty intense (laughs) Mm -hmm. right yeah like jupiter is the biggest planet in our solar system you know just a reminder it absorbs other planets or it takes what it needs and then leaves what it doesn't but long story short you know Jupiter is this planet that eats up everything. Um, And I feel like the ocean eats up everything. Like the ocean is so massive. And so for Jupiter to be so massive, that intensity, like you said, is just like, yeah, it's a lot. Um, Otherworldly. That's why that's the word used to describe Pisces. (laughs) Literally. Um, So, but as far as like what Jupiter means in astrology, it's like, again, faith, thinking beyond what's in front of you believing, hoping, um, abundance, seeking more. Um, And I think Jupiter in a water sign versus Jupiter in a fire sign in Sagittarius, I feel like, I don't know, when Jupiter is in water, it's much more concerned with like that inner exploration, which is why I think spirituality kind of comes into play because I feel like when you spend so much um, energy kind of exploring yourself and in being kind of really reflective and just thinking about your own existence and like what that means philosophically I feel like you come to spirituality like that's kind of the answer that I think a lot of people come to um 
yeah, spiritually introspective. I think it's less active and more go with the flow. So I feel like both Sag and Pisces, they're mutable. So they're doing a lot of different things. Um, I feel like Sag is doing a lot of different things. So they're like, I want to go and try these different things. I'm going to do this, that, and the third. Pisces is like, oh, the wind blew me this way. Okay, I'm here. Let me try this thing, right? Like, it's like, it's allowing life to kind of take them into these different directions. They're not quite as like, let me go out and seek these experiences. They're like, life is full of experiences and I'm going to allow them to happen to me. Um, what do you, what do you think for Sag versus Pisces? Yeah, I definitely think that's the case. I feel like, you know, like fire and water, very different approaches to this energy. And I feel like, like you said, like Sag is like on the go, like just ready to live. And like Pisces is just like, I think Pisces, like Pisces also being a water, um, sign ruled by Jupiter is also like such a like sensitive like you're sensitive Mm -hmm. to those around you you're sensitive to your environment you're sensitive like so it's just like different I feel like they just have like way different capacities they both it's also necessary to take more time like away from that kind of environment yeah yeah I feel like the busyness and the sort of um the aliveness that comes along with uh, Sagittarius is adds like a layer of um, draining for a Pisces. Definitely, and so um, like a recovery time. <laughs> yeah, they need they need time to recover. They're they're both still having like a diverse array of experiences. It's just yeah. happening in a different way. It's not definitely at a different pace. Like- right, and I feel like it's not so much about like agency and will and those fiery words. It's more about flow and surrender and like um Pisces, the wisdom that they get from Jupiter is knowing that they're bound to experience so many different iterations of life. And so they don't necessarily, I don't think they feel the need to go out and try to grab those experiences. They're more like, oh, like the experiences are going to happen. They're more so like responding to the experiences and allowing them to happen versus like, I think Sag is like, the way that I'm going to get the experiences, I have to go out and do something. And so, um, I feel like they have such different approaches to Jupiter in that way. Like when it comes to like faith or like, like for Sagittarius, it's like, they know it's out there. So they're going to go and find it. But Mm -hmm. for Pisces, it's like, they know it's out there. So they don't have to look for it. Like they know, like, you know, it's more intuitive. Right. Yeah. So that is like Jupiter in Pisces. And I feel like we both have that natally and Jupiter's in Pisces right now. And I feel like it's very much been that, right? Like just things coming to you, mm-hmm. like new understanding, new outlook, um, new people, like just like yeah. those moments of like miracles. Um, but it can definitely be drowning. And honestly, I'm going to say more overwhelming than Jupiter and Sag. Um, I think Jupiter and Pisces, because the ocean is so vast and because it will literally immerse you, I feel like the wisdom of Jupiter and Pisces can be a lot more overwhelming and a lot more like... It's like like being overwhelmed by the messages, not necessarily the wisdom. It's like also having to decipher what that means for you. Yes, exactly. And you don't know. And it's hard to know what to do with it too. I feel like Jupiter and Sag, it's like there's all this wisdom and I think there's a little bit of a fire to do something about it. And, you know, um, whether they're successful or not, we'll see, but like, they're gonna, they feel like moved by it. And I feel like Jupiter and Pisces, you'll feel like 
moved emotionally, but the overwhelming, like the overwhelm can feel incapacitating. Yes. Yeah. So that wraps up the building blocks for Virgo and Pisces. But now we're going to go back into Virgo and get a little bit more into the details around like what it means for us. So Silver, what does Virgo like represent to us? Do you have any other key phrases? Yeah. So for Virgo, I've like always thought of um, like the, the little things that daily like practices, routines, like habits. Like I feel like that is uh very much like Virgo energy. So I read this quote by this like Egyptian god, Thoth, who was the god of the moon. Um, and in the Emerald Tablets of Thoth, he said, darkness and light are both of one nature, different only in seeming, for each arose from the sources of all. Darkness is disorder, light is order. Darkness transmuted is light of the light. This, my children, your purpose in being, transmutation of darkness to light. And in the past, we've talked about um, like the earth experience being the practicality of being human. So I feel like this quote reminded me of Virgo because I feel like Virgo understands the purpose of like the human experience is to transmute darkness to light and to make the disordered ordered. I think because of the world we live in, like that's overlooked or dismissed. And I think... um, in Virgo's own way, like, that's what they believe they're doing. They believe they're, like, organizing or, like, these things are, like, healing. Um, So, like, I feel like when I think of Virgo, I think of the healer, like, this axis in general. I think of, you know, health and healing. Um, So, yeah, that, that quote just reminded me of Virgo. And I feel like, you know, when you think of the way in which they're so detail-oriented, the way in which they um put in like the time and the discipline and the routine to manifest what it is that they are trying to manifest um is like their way of like transmutation and I feel like transmutation in general is a word that I would think of when I think of Virgo yeah I think that the transmutation is a really good word for it and um I think that quote was really beautiful and interesting for thinking about refinement um because I think in the context of that quote it was saying like darkness is bad or well not necessarily bad but like how darkness and light are not as different as one might assume I think Virgo is very much about refining things refining processes um trying to make things more efficient um I also thought about the word distillation or like the process of distillation um, it's funny because I went to this distillery like three weeks ago um, and the guy, he had to be a Virgo placement because he just like had so much knowledge that he was just sharing off rip. Like he didn't even need to look in a book or anything, but he was the owner of this distillery and he was explaining how like different rums are distilled and like things being doubles distilled versus triple distilled and like the whole process of how it works. And, you know, I was trying to follow along, but like most of the time I was just like, you know, my brain would just float into another direction of like, he would say like one thing and I would just start thinking about that one thing and he's moved on, but I'm still thinking about that one thing. Um, And anyways, like the distillation process, I think is very Virgo in the sense that it's about taking, you know, like a liquid and like vaporizing it and then condensing it and getting 
a more pure liquid from that condensed vapor. So it's about like taking things and making it pure, making it stronger, making it like, um, you know, like the more distilled something is, the more in terms of alcohol, like the higher the percentage of alcohol that's in it. So it's making the impact like greater. And I feel like that's what Virgo is about, like trying to, you know, tweak things and kind of figure out like looking at at the whole of something, being able to pick apart the details, edit it, trim the fat and come out with something that's quote unquote greater. There is an association with Virgo and perfection. And I think that uh, that association makes sense given, you know, this Virgo tendency of like trying to tweak things and like always trying to like aspire to this idealized version of a thing. Um, But I also think it's about Virgo seeing the perfection in things like maybe it's not there right away, but they see the potential. And I feel like Virgo and Pisces both kind of see the potential. And Virgo was like, okay, well, let me try to get it there. Like, how can I assist to make it into this perfect thing? They're more hands on. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Hands on, minds on, like they're just kind of like, they're always like kind of thinking about, about how to change things and how to, how to bring it to its next level. I feel like that's definitely like the earth influence of that, like of like, you know, just like taking it upon yourself to create like something new or different. Mm -hmm. Right. And I feel like the, um, the process for them is like very, like you said, hands-on, detail-oriented, kind of being able to take something apart and putting putting it back together, maybe in a new way, but you only know how to put it together because you've taken it apart. Like literally taking all the details into, like, into account in order to, um, like you said, create something new. Oh yeah, for transmutation, this is going way back to what you said. I think transmutation is great because like alchemy is on a like scientific level was about trying to transmute metals into silver or gold um but like on a spiritual level it was also about like the discovery of a universal cure for disease and the discovery of a means of indefinitely prolonging life and like just this idea of being able to purify one's soul um and so alchemy has like a a lot of definitions and i think it's relevant for both virgo and pisces Um, But it's like this broader sort of approach to life that is about seeing the the God in like the everyday or the God in like things that are of the earthly realm. And so um, and it's funny when I was thinking like the universal cure for disease, I was thinking about water being the universal solvent um, and how like, you know, water being the cure like Virgo might be looking for water might be that um, Pisces might be that when you were talking about the level of perfection and mm-hmm. like being able to see it like before it's there, I feel like that requires such a level of like belief and like faith. Yeah. I, I think that's like a really um, important sort of ability for Virgo and Pisces to be able to see that potential in things. And obviously they're responding differently, but they both know that they both have an ideal of what's possible. Um, however, I think that um for Virgo. Yeah, like on the shadow side for Virgo, it's like this is what you think is possible. And so and like that's great, but like 
the shortcomings of that, like if it doesn't come to that level of perfection that they have deemed worthy, I feel like sometimes they can get lost in the idealized version of whatever it is they're trying to create. Definitely. Like, I feel like they can get lost in that sort of search or in that process of trying to actualize perfection. Um, They can get lost. And I think that the type that will just keep on spinning and keep on spinning and it's like at at a certain point they're really just going in circles and they're not actually like i think it's like once they start to lose sight of the efficiency that's where they can get into that territory of like just needless worry needless anxiety and needless process right like it like it's only a process if it's functioning and i feel like um And if it's like actually leading to results and I feel like Virgo can keep on like adjusting and adapting and and tweaking, but at a certain point, it's like, does that idealized version actually exist? Right? Like, it's like, is it just something that is not available in the material plane? In which case they might need to just talk to their Pisces sister sign and and so that their Pisces sister sign can tell them oh yeah that doesn't exist in real life like you can't actually like certain things don't exist in real life and I feel like like I said before to you um Silver I think Virgo is like when they're seeking perfection it's like a lot of times I think of it as also seeking God seeking like this divine manifest manifestation that can only really be um, accessed in that realm. So it's hard to do that in the physical realm. So I think Virgos can sometimes like, obviously they can change and everything and they're mutable. So I think that if they put their focus on the spiritual realm, they can do a lot because it's like, then some of that perfection that they're looking for might be a little bit easier to accomplish than in the physical realm and the material on the material plane. I feel like that's definitely true. Like I feel like Virgos seek such a level of perfection that it's literally divine like they need I feel like once they access that level of spirituality which we'll talk about more later in the episode but like that that could like I don't know open up like different ways of living for them mm-hmm. yeah. yeah oh for cultural references I think in Abbott Elementary um Greg is a Virgo Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> and it's funny. I thought there's a few examples. One, like his involvement in the garden, I think is is pretty Virgo. Like him, like literally he sees the things that they're doing wrong with the garden. He's like talking to the camera like, yeah, they're doing this wrong. They're literally they don't know what they're doing. And then he proceeds to like go behind their back and help out with the garden. <laughs> and they don't the other teachers don't know it. So they think they're just like you know, growing all these, these beautiful plants. Literally, but it's all Greg in the background. And I feel like Virgos are always in the background making shit work. Virgos are not necessarily like the people who are on stage doing it. Like, I think if there's some other placements there, just depending on, you know, what your chart is like, you might be a more outgoing or like um, center of attention kind of Virgo. But usually I think Virgos kind of thrive in like the background and kind of like 
making all the magic behind the scenes. And so, and it comes to life for the audience, like in this beautiful way, but somewhere behind every amazing thing, there's a Virgo like working their ass off to make it happen. Uh, Wiping their sweat. I feel like another episode was like the first episode where he was trying to plan like every event that happened, like, or like every day for the rest of the year. And she was like, oh, what if like all these things happen? However, I feel like a Virgo would have prepared for those things. Well, he did. And that was his response. He was oh, like, yeah. prepared for, <laughs> for these things to go wrong. <laughs> um, so, yeah, that. And then there's another, in the latest episode, the subject is around, like, Janine wants to let the second graders do the science project that the eighth graders do, where they drop an egg from, like, Oh, yeah. High location. And they have to figure out a way to make sure the egg doesn't break. Right. So, um, and so there's this, like, throughout the episode, the theme is around, like, science versus, like, belief. And um, Janine, obviously, you know, is a Sag. And I feel like like the way she went about it was very Sag. I don't think this is Pisces. It's very Sag. But she's like... um, She's like, I know my second graders can do it. If they just believe in themselves, we can make sure the egg doesn't break. And then they do it. And of course, like all of the second graders eggs break because she didn't put any science into it. And it comes out that she actually doesn't like science because like, you know, because she's a sad and she's like, it's everything she is. Right. Like it's literally not it does not align with her her values as a person as this optimistic, like you can do anything person. Um, and Greg is literally just like, that's not how science works. Like, like, actually, no, you're not going to be able to just believe your way through this exercise. Like they actually have to learn, you know, how science works. And, um, there's a point where she's just like, she wants all of the students to feel like happy about themselves and good and like optimistic. And Greg is just like, I mean, that's science. Like they're all crying when they when they lose. And he's just like, that's how science works. Like, what did you expect? Um, and I feel like Virgo is very much like, you know, that energy of like, we have to be realistic. We have to think about like the process of how things work. Like you can't just kind of like yeah leave it to chance, leave it to hope, leave yeah. it to dreams. You have to actually do something in order to get the outcome that you want. Yeah. So, um, so yeah, I feel like that was like the sad Virgo square for sure. (laughs) And that's literally like, I feel like that's also such a thing. Sad Virgo, Beyonce, Jay-Z. I know. Yeah. I mean, cultural references. Let's talk about Beyonce. I just feel like you can't have a Virgo episode and not bring up this Virgo queen. Oh my gosh. Beyonce, Beyonce. I feel like just the amount of like just going to a production by Beyonce, like a concert or like anything, like you you can just tell she's a Virgo. Like the amount of detail she put into every part of it, even like the like the wardrobe, the fucking set, like the dancers, the singers. It's like that's how Virgo does it. <laughs> yeah, I mean Virgos know how to put on a show. Michael Jackson. I mean, they I don't think come that to play, that's for sure. They. <laughs> have like a vision wait you said they what I said they don't come to play that's for sure that's for sure I feel like they have a vision and they're very um intentional and meticulous about bringing that vision to life yes. exactly the way they envision it like <laughs> <laughs> 
Uh, no, that's so, like, I literally have a quote from Beyonce from a video of her where she says, I'm completely critical and very particular and no one can see what I see in my mind. Huh? Like, that's like, the most Virgo statement in the world and even exactly what you just said. <laughs> yeah, literally. Um, I feel like they just have such a level of discernment and a level of craftiness um, and criticalness although that can be a good or bad thing, but like in order to actualize or manifest something great, you have to have an eye to the to the things that are tainting the greatness. So that way you know how to either remove those things or to work with those things. I mean, I think Virgos could learn to work with imperfections a little bit better. And once they learn to do that, they're pretty unstoppable, honestly. Um, and I think it's interesting because I feel like Beyonce, I think we've seen Beyonce work through that throughout her career, like learn to deal with, learn to like use imperfections to her advantage. Um, for example, a fight in an elevator, like that's the most non-structured thing to ever happen to Beyonce. But she like, obviously it happens. So you, she has to deal with it. But I think she like was able to, in some ways, just not talk about it in other ways talk about it in music and kind of twist it into a different kind of narrative but just working with that you know that imperfection is something that's like tough I think yeah and uh, also just being able to control the narrative like that like you know like even like with like the cheating or like anything like that she's been able to literally just like spin or she's just calculative about what she shares mm -hmm. with like interviewers or like you know like people in general like when people people of course ask these questions like and she just like yeah she she finds a way to make it work with her exactly. narrative um and so i think that's definitely you know virgo um another thing i want to bring up about beyonce is that um even in the way that she sings i think is very virgo like like the perfection in pitch the that what we're talking about? <laughs> I mean, I wasn't even talking about that, but yeah, that and that's because she she definitely worked to refine it. Cause you I was exactly. literally in a video of her, um, of her run in Crazy in Love, and they showed it from like the first time she performed it to like the middle to like more recently. And literally every single time you can hear it get so much cleaner, so much like the distinction in each right. note. Like that's Virgo to me. Like first of all, send me that video, please. No, literally, like the distinction in each note is so impressive to the point where it's like, it's it's a joy for me to listen to and to try to like mimic because I can hear every single note she's hitting. Will I be able to hit it? Probably not, but like I can hear that yeah. she's not doing something like it doesn't just flow yeah. in the same way that like maybe a soul singer like just they belt it out and it just comes out however and it's beautiful. Like hers is like, um, it's still beautiful, but it's like specific. Like it's, it's like, like planned. It's not like, it's like <laughs> created, it's constructed. I feel like, like for like, even just like thinking about the technique that it requires to be a singer, you like, there's like pitch, like all this stuff, like there's like your ear and then there's like fucking like air control, breath control, like the shit that you're doing it like everyone thinks like I'm sure it seems effortless for her like to her when you're watching but like the amount of like like steps in that mm -hmm. is insane mm -hmm. and it's like the process. the process some might say um and I feel like also like just even like the more 
like I feel like the more you do that the more you practice the the more like naturally it comes to you and I feel like that's for go-to it's like mm -hmm. that like everyday practice and then like right it's the everyday work <laughs> yeah so I think that those are just some Virgo I mean Beyonce those are some of the ways in which Beyonce um clearly screams Virgo to everybody um so yeah I mean we've already kind of gone over this but like positive discernment detail oriented connector but then shadow it can be controlling um critical mm -hmm. losing sight of the big bigger picture um worrisome yeah I also Languages, like micromanagers yeah um, like feeling like your opinion is always the like the opinion and feeling like you have the answer to to how to bring something to a better version of it and like not realizing that it might be a better version to you but it might not be a better version to whoever you're advising and also just like offering un unwarranted advice <laughs> um definitely is a virgo virgo trait of like just I think hopefully, I mean, the intentions behind it, that depends on the person, but I think Virgo ultimately does want to bring about something better. Um, but I think it's necessary for Virgo to consider that you don't have to be involved in order for it to be better. Like it can, it can get to where it's supposed to get to. It can get to this great finished product without your involvement. So you don't have to put yourself out there or offer up advice or offer up help. I think they can also, they can, un, you know, overextend themselves and try to um, try to go out of their way to be of assistance. And it can either come off as, you know, helpful and productive, or it could come off as like rude and like undermining. And then also it could ultimately just drain them. Definitely. And I also feel like another shadow aspect for Virgo is like, like their critical nature does not end with like the world it's also like very much with themselves and it's to a point where like they're striving so much towards perfection that they like can't move like they literally don't know like and I feel like I have a lot of Virgos in my life as well like um and I feel like it's it's always such a common theme is like that like you know, for the unevolved, like, shadow aspect of Virgo is, like, the the self-critiques, like, the self-deprecation, the, like, because they have this ex expectation for perfection everywhere, I feel like they have it for themselves as well because they know that they're the only thing they can control. And, and it's, like, they're so good at something, but they are constantly striving for more. So it's, like, just like mm -hmm. not being able to take in or be grateful or be proud of yourself or like, you know, to take a second and be like, damn, like I did that. Like it was good. Right. Like, um, right. But, Cause so they're caught up in that pursuit and it's yeah. like, I think Virgo and Pisces can be caught up in a pursuit of something. And I think for Virgo, it's obviously like a more process oriented pursuit. Like I needed to do this so I can get to this so I can get to this. And like, yeah. Um, like trying to you know perfect your craft but if in the midst of that pursuit you um 
start to lose sight of like your wins or your accomplishments or where like what you have what you have achieved then it's like you don't ever take like you said you just don't ever take time to give yourself a pat on the back because you're just looking you're still trying to get to that perfection one thing we also didn't talk about was like um the service element of virgo and this uh i guess like characteristic of being of service to others, being of service to a project, being of service. Usually it's not really of service to themselves. It's more so like, what other thing am I serving? Um, I also associate Virgo with like devotion and not like the kind of devotion, like where you're just like, um, you know, praise whoever, praise the Lord, whatever. More like devotion as an action. Like what are you actually doing to to show your devotion to whatever holy thing you're worshiping like devotion um, as a practice exactly i feel like practice is such a good word for that okay. yeah <laughs> um so i think that's really interesting and i also think you know we said ritual routine um i was raised by a virgo and one thing my virgo grandma like definitely instilled in me was like just the routine of doing something every day and it honestly it felt like um I think for her, it was like devotional, like it was like in service of a um, smooth and efficient life or in service of a, um, I mean, in times, in times in service of God, in service of her family, like, but it was like the process. How do you, how do you actually show up in service of these things? Um, and so like one thing I started doing, like I didn't used to do this as often, but she would like make her bed like every day. And she, her mom used to work at a hotel. And so her mom like showed her the proper way to make a bed. That's like, you know, hotel status bed. <laughs> um, and like, like tucked in, like, under yes, the like literally like perfect. Can't get into bed type shit. <laughs> literally that. So, um, and like she showed me and I remember she was like so excited to show me how to like, you know, this is how you properly make a bed. And um, I've like started doing that more like consistently, basically like every day. And, you know, I still, I don't think I get the same satisfaction that my Virgo grandma did from making the bed, but it definitely f feels so like ritualistic. And it feels one, like a way for me to be closer with my grandma, but also a way of like just cleaning and organizing and how like that can be, you know, like, metaphorical for your own sort of mental clarity and spiritual clarity um it's so much easier for me to do spiritual devotional practices when my physical realm is like clean or organized and not like scattered and you know so i think cleaning and um cleansing is important for virgo and pisces in different ways but i think for virgo it's like how can you declutter in order to like how can you declutter your physical environment in order to declutter your mental environment as well? <laughs> yes, there's literally like studies about that and like the effects of like, you know, an organized room and like on your mental health and stuff. I definitely yeah. think it makes all the difference. And like even just like cleansing, like with like, like yeah. Agua Florida. So like Florida water, if you've heard of that, like. Oh, okay. Um, Or like, um like sage or like whatever you're what you use culturally I feel like you can't really do that until your room's like clean like until, exactly you know, and I feel like saging the room and that kind of stuff or burning incense like that's more of a Piscean to me thing yeah like yeah you know, 
you know, depending on like, I guess because it's a, a spiritual practice, um, but it's still Virgo to me too. But it's ritualistic in the way. Right. It's still ritualistic and all that kind of stuff. I guess the, the, the act of staging, it might be Virgo, but like where it brings you to that's Pisces, right? Yeah. So like the, that moment of, of oneness or clarity or whatever you're trying to achieve. Um, that's like the Pisces experience. So yeah, They're both necessary. They are. They definitely both feed off each other a lot. I think. Yeah. So that's Virgo. Um, I'm sure we would love to spend even more time on Virgo, but we have to move into Pisces so we can give our beautiful watery babies some love. Um. Yeah. Key phrases for Pisces, or like, what does Pisces represent to us? How do you feel about Pisces? Yes. When I think of Pisces, I think of intuition. I think of emotions. I think of like spirituality. Um, And like, you know, like thinking of like the symbol for Pisces being the two fish swimming in opposite directions. That for me is so representative of like the spiritual, like Pisces navigating the spiritual realm and the like physical realm. And I think that's like, often what comes to mind when I think of Pisces I think like head in the clouds but like feet on the ground um and like it's interesting because I was like reading about um I was reading about like Greek mythology but like it was like about Hermes and stuff because I was reading about Virgo but then I came across like these like creatures I don't know how the fuck to pronounce this but I'm gonna do my best I think it's like ichthyocentaurs ichthyocentaurs but they're basically like half man, half fish. But then they also have like feet, like their their front feet are like, um, what's it called? Are centaur feet? So they're like related to the centaur, which I think is really funny because like their Jupiter sibling of like Sagittarius is a centaur. Um, but like, yeah, as I was reading about it, it was like really interesting because I feel like that is the nature of a Pisces. Like that's what it like is to me. And they had like really sparkling eyes apparently. And you know, Pisces are known for their eyes and um, they were like known to be very peaceful and like homebodies and they could communicate with like any and all like creatures or beings, which I feel like is also Pisces. Like I feel like similarly like Pisces in any environment can really like understand another person not just like within conversation but also like like just like even by reading the room because of that like water energy like they are so much more sensitive to emotions and the way that they can sense their environment in a similar way to this like um is Theo Centaur, which is which was necessary for the creature. But I thought it was just like a cute little mythological creature that was very Pisces. Mm-hmm. Um, I think, yeah, and for Pisces to be a sign ruled by Jupiter, we talked about this. I feel like that's like an exacerbated amount or capacity for like empathy and intuition and all the water stuff. I also think that Pisces are healers in a more emotional capacity. Like we talked about like, Virgos being like the physical healers or the physical like fixers or like the hands-on approach I feel like for Pisces it's way more of like it an emotional and mental healing or like that's you know their goal whether it be for themselves or like their loved ones or um 
what have you but like healing for them is like important and um it's just like natural in the same way that it is for Virgo yeah I think that when you bring up like Pisces sensitivity um I just think about like yes they're a water sign but I think also the lack of boundaries can make one very sensitive they're kind of like vulnerable to their environment in some way. And I feel like, again, vulnerable can mean a good thing or it can mean a bad thing, right? So that openness allows an insane amount of like empathy and an insane amount of connection and compassion. Um, but then it can also allow for like, you know, bad things to happen too, right? So it can create this sort of naive sometimes approach to different environments because um, they're not always depending on where the other placements are, they might not always be super conscious of like, oh, I need to actually create a boundary of separation between me and my environment or me and this other person. Um, so I think Pisces can definitely tend to like merge or just kind of like um, just feel this connection to people um, and not always be quite as discerning, which Virgo I think can obviously help with. Um, but for Pisces, I thought I was like thinking about, you know, my experience as a Pisces rising and Jupiter and Pisces. And I think it kind of boils down to this intimate and innate knowing of the more than human experience. Like Pisces knows that we are more than human, that we're all glimmers of the divine. Like we're all mir like miracles of divine orchestration, right? Of oneness. And I think that's where like that connection piece comes in for Pisces because like they see other people and they feel like they're seeing a part of them. They feel like they're seeing they're seeing that reminder in both like I think it's in nature and people and relationships and anything. They're always kind of they have this understanding of like, oh, we're all one. We're all divine. We're all pieces of each other. And so it's like when when you talk about boundaries for a Pisces, it's like, why would I need to have that? Like, we're all one anyways. Like, boundaries don't even really exist. Like, that's just in the material realm. But divinely, we're all together. So, like, why why separate ourselves? And um, so I think that's the struggle for Pisces. I feel like Pisces views, like, the body as just, like, a shell, kind of. Um, and I remember there was this quote from um, Sam Reynolds. He's an astrologer. And um, I think he said it on an episode of the Astrology Podcast. And he said, um, Pisces is like feeling both exhilarated and challenged by embodiment and seeking more. So I think for Pisces, like embodiment is kind of like, it's a thing. And Pisces needs to remember that like on this earthly realm, we're embodied and we need to tend to that. But I feel like they also feel limited by it because again, Pisces is like, but we're more than human. So why do I have to restrict myself to this embodied experience when I can have all these other experiences. Um, and so there's like this struggle between feeling like, oh, this embodied experiencing, I mean, this embodied experiment, this embodied. Period. You said what you meant. Embodied <laughs> experiment. It's not true. It's not real. Okay, true. This embodied <laughs> experience and this embodied experiment is limiting because it's like it's not real and it kind of pales in comparison to the divine I think the embodied it's not really what like we're about like what our souls are about I feel like right it, but, it, but it is human 
<laughs> yeah, yeah. I feel like it's like, I think Pisces can tend to de-emphasize the embodied experience. And I think when we get into the axis, we can talk a little bit more about why both the embodied experience and the more than human is important. But I think for Pisces, it's like, why would I spend time focusing on the human realm when my when I am literally a piece of the divine and I'm interacting with pieces of the divine all the time? Like, what is the point of trying to master humanness, right? Um, the embodied experience can feel disappointing. But at the same time, there's moments of the embodied experience that I think Pisces realizes that are like, oh, like this is actually the divine happening. It's just through this embodied experience. Um, and so it's like, it can be exhilarating at the same time that it's challenging. It, it can be like, oh, this is actually what I need as a reminder of the divine. So um, I think spirituality for many Pisces is important, whether it shows up in this specific language, you know, that depends. But I think there is a need to not be so in your body all the time for Pisces. Like there's a need to kind of explore whether it's like, you know, imagining different environments or, you know, watching things that allow you to get out of your um, everyday life. Like they, that gives them um, like a sense of peace, like being able to go other places. It is their sense of peace. And it's also like on a shadow side of that or shadow end of that. I feel like it's like, a way a form of escapism it's it's a way of like like when life gets to be too much or when the suffering is too much or like um like being a human gets because you know like human life is you know we have our ups and downs and so I feel like um like when it gets to be too much they like use these things as a form of escape like whether it be like fantasies or dreams or sleep or like drugs or just like anything that's like a form of escape for them is like necessary sometimes so I feel like that's why they get this rep as like escapist and it's a similar thing to uh Sag I feel like Sag is more like physically gone (laughs) Pisces is more like not in my body right now (laughs) like oh yeah I just I just floated I just floated away um yeah yeah no I think you're definitely right and like it can get into that territory of just like not dealing with embodiment and acting like it's not a thing um and I think Virgo was like hello we have a body you have to keep it healthy (laughs) um and that's not to say I mean any sign can obviously have these escapist tendencies but I think for like they'll escape in other things like a Virgo might escape in in the details of things so they're still they can still be avoiding you know yeah I definitely do think that they both use different methods to like cope with life I do think Virgo has a like I think that's underrated Virgo's escapism through their work or through their practice or whatever it is that they're doing at the moment I mean like you said I feel like all the signs can be yeah but with that access and yeah they can escape in the details and Pisces can escape in another realm of their of their own imagination. Um, but what an imagination. I mean, come on. <laughs> like, I just feel like. Who wouldn't? Who wouldn't with that imagination? <laughs> I'm just saying, I just feel like when you are, you know, this, this imagination sorcerer, 
um, like Pisces, I feel like you can really, you know, come up with very creative things. And I think, right. Um, you have the creative mind of a genius. Where else would you go? <laughs> right. like, like you're literally building war- worlds in your imagination. And I mean, and I'm using imagination, but like every time I say that, the Pisces rising in me is just like, hold on. That's not yeah, imagination. Exactly. That's just real. Because like Because let's talk about that part. Let's talk about the fact that I feel like also Pisces have this ability to like receive like they just know shit. Or like they just have this like I don't know what like where it comes from or if they like their ability. It comes from like, it comes from source. Yeah. From the and they're a divine link to source, like as a fucking like one foot in, one foot out type person. Yeah. I mean, I feel like um that's why it's hard, I think, for Pisces to tend to the body. Like, how do I how do I do this embodiment thing when there's so much more inside of me? There's so much more inside of all of us. Yeah. Um, and that also like I feel like goes with like the whole like acquiring all the lessons from this the signs before you you know like Mm -hmm. getting like like knowing all of this stuff and just knowing that like this realm is like just that and like just like wanting like I feel like that's where their wisdom comes from too and a lot of the time like Pisces like you won't take them serious like whatever like they're just like little clown like babies in the corner but um like at the same time like if you ever like sit down with one and you genuinely have shit to talk about like they got you and they will give you like the greatest advice and like the most wise like experience to like share with you mm-hmm. so it's like they're just so like multi-dimensional those ones yeah <laughs> for sure um that also brings me into another topic around Pisces. And I think we kind of touched on this with like their susceptibility to their environment um, and how like Pisces, I think as a water sign, I already said connection, spiritual connection, but I think our emotions and our emotional sort of capacity to like both have them and express them is something that connects us all as human beings, right? Like emotions are about connecting to one another right you share in laughter or if you're crying you let someone know to comfort you so it's about a shared experience um and i think just the sharing the shared experience of being a human i think pisces is very aware of um maybe not so much the shared experience of embodiment although i think they they realize like the emotional experience of embodiment and they realize that other people are having you know, similarly beautiful and also sometimes tragic experiences of embodiment. And so I think all of this, you know, connection and the lack of boundaries and the empathy and the sensitivity that, you know, Pisces experiences can lead them to this, um, to this path of martyrdom, to this path of sacrificing oneself. Um, Because I think it's like, there's like a suffering that I think Pisces experiences for like all of the world (laughs) um like it's like the collective like they're experiencing collective suffering on a personal level and I think that it makes them feel like um overwhelmed and they like put a lot of responsibility on themselves to feel like they want to be able to heal the world emotionally and so because they aren't able to do that because the world is the world and they can't really control people and they can't, you know, 
heal everyone, they go down this road of like, they're, they take it as like a, um, a critique of themselves. Like I couldn't help everyone. So I must go. I'm the problem. I will give myself away. Um, and like not realizing that the, like you are also part of the whole too. So you can't like self being self-sacrificial is not the solution to all the world's problems. You know, like nobody asked you to take everything on. However, like I like I get it. And I know that it like it's a natural like I think it's something that needs to be unlearned for, for them. I don't know if everybody has had this experience who isn't a Pisces placement. But if you've ever just taken time to like feel the pain of the world, you know, that shit might make you want to take yourself out just because it's so like, it's so much pain. Yeah. Did you say you don't know if it's, if this is a Pisces thing? Yeah. Like other people just sit and like feel the pain. I don't know either. And I couldn't tell you, but I've definitely done this shit. Like I've literally like sat at the window and just looked at the, (laughs) like who made you cry? And why are you crying right now? Like, why are you sitting in the dark in your room on the floor? (laughs) But I'm like, literally, I'm like, I'm crying for literally all the people that are crying right now. All the people that are crying before me, all the people that are crying in the future. Like literally, Do you get it? <laughs> like, do you so feel funny. that? Like, that's like, I mean, and so I think the suffering that Pisces experiences, I think it's interesting to sort of um, contrast it with like Scorpio, because I think both of them can have this like relationship to suffering that's a little bit like mm-hmm. just toxic or like they're kind of like, um, like dwelling in it, sitting right, in it. Right, exactly. But I think, so for Scorpio, I would say dwelling is the word. Um, but I think for Pisces, it's like um, just not having boundaries around it, right? It's it's just boundless. Mm-hmm. So it's not like necessarily they're sitting in it, but because it's so, because there's not any kind of container, because it's literally like feeling the pain of everyone, that's still like so much to take on. And to the yeah. point that it feels just as intense, I think, for a Pisces that it could feel for a Scorpio. Scorpio yeah. is just sitting in it, not moving away from it. Pisces moves around, but suffering is everywhere. So no matter where they go, they're going to always find that. Yeah, exactly. I feel like <clears throat> like boundaries for Pisces is such a huge like lesson. And I feel like, um, like, you know, like even just like in the way that we're saying that they're sensitive to their environment, like Pisces have to be so selective about like the people they're around also just because literally like Pisces like becomes <laughs> who they like think like someone needs or whatever the mutable water of literally becoming like molding yourself into what it is that someone else needs and like thinking about that in like relationships like like whether they be platonic romantic like just your everyday stuff like that is exhausting to try to like be what everyone needs all the time i was reading this book polysecure about polyamory and i came across like the definition of like porous versus rigid boundaries and i remember literally like this was before i think we were just talking about starting the podcast and i like bookmarked a page and i was like virgo pisces like um but like her name is jessica fern um, she defined 
porous boundaries is being connected but not protected. Mm. So it's like input over receiving. We observe, we absorb and allow in what is not ours. We lose our sense of self. Mm-hmm. And then output over giving. We intrude onto others, inserting our thoughts, feelings, opinions, perspectives, or sense of self into them. Um, I feel like Pisces give way too much of themselves. Like they pour from an empty cup. Like they will do, like I said, they will like adapt to whatever it is that other people need so much to the point that it's draining. And without those boundaries, you can't have like sustainably healthy relationships. Like Mm -hmm. that's just... And I feel like that's like definitely a shadow aspect for Pisces is like that lack of boundaries that, and losing your sense of self ultimately, because that's what happens when you're trying to please everyone around you. Mm-hmm. Um, and I feel like that also is a big struggle for Pisces, like is just that sense of self, that sense of like identity of knowing yourself and who you are. Right. <laughs> like the sense of like a separation, right? Because like I yeah. think Pisces, again, they're they're operating from this sort of internal knowledge of connection of our of interconnectedness of oneness. And so right. it's hard for them to be like, yeah, we're one, but I'm different. Like, I feel like they have to work to be able to distinguish themselves and be able to be like, I just because we're one doesn't mean that I can't also have a um, unique and distinct existence on this right like Pisces what is it who are you like what do you like like what is like not your friends like not like what you typically do like I feel like that's such an important question for Pisces to like just sit sit with right and I feel like that requires again because they're so sensitive that requires like alone time and like reflecting and contemplating and it's easy for a Pisces to do because I think that's a that's something that they're comfortable in in terms of like the reflective state. Um, it's just a matter of like actually quieting the other things. The background trying, noise. Right. The things that are trying to pull them into all these different directions, which is what boundaries can help assist with. Um, and so like through boundaries, you can you can pour into yourself and you can pour into others. Um, and so like similar to cancer, the cancer lesson too. Um, but I think for Pisces, it's like... Um, Pisces is naturally an overflow sign, right? Like I feel like it's a sign that is that you can instill boundaries in order to um, give it some direction and give it some guidance, but also like you have to let the Piscean water do what it wants to do and let it flow the way it's supposed to flow. And so I think it's like, um, I think that like, based on what you're saying like the boundaries aren't necessarily like stopping you from living your life how it is you want however it's just like giving yourself direction or like it's like those games (laughs) you know those games they're like there's like a water like going down and you start like putting down like blocks to like change the direction Mm -hmm. of the water Mm -hmm. I feel like that's necessary in order to keep like Pisces moving forward yeah right I think for Pisces it's like it's important to continue to have really like diverse emotional experiences and to be like shaped by the world and to shape the world. Like literally that was like, um, like one of my Pisces rising sort of 
realizations and I think a characteristic is like, I've always just wanted to be shaped and shape the world. Like that's just, and I literally used to say that even when I was younger. Um, and I feel like it's like, there is a, um, a need to allow and surrender to the waters of the vast ocean. Um, at the same time though, it's like, by putting up some of those borders or those blocks to kind of guide you down the path, you can, uh, you can experience a lot more and a lot more fully because it's like, you're not so scattered, you know? Yes, definitely. Like, I feel like for Pisces, because it's a Jupiter ruled sign, it's so big picture, but sometimes you need that like direction. I think that the Pisces also does like want, like have this need for a sense of purpose and like, that I feel like is the best way for them to achieve this, like is through boundaries, is through like learning themselves and getting to know themselves mm -hmm. um, outside of everyone else in the world. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Boundaries, boundaries, boundaries. Also, I think um, one thing that came up when I was talking to my brother about like Pisces um, characteristics or keywords, um, one thing he brought, about, brought up was like the power in emotions. Um, and how that's not typically viewed as like something that is like powerful and a strength. It's more so viewed as like a weakness or like um, something that just makes you more um, just more susceptible. And I think while we have talked about the susceptibility of Pisces, we should also talk about like the emotional intelligence the emotional I don't know bravery like I feel like Scorpio is brave too obviously being a, a marginal sign but I just feel like Pisces like being like all of the ocean like that can be like a huge force like I feel like tsunami types shit if they're upset or like you know in terms of their empathy can be as strong as that right so like don't count out you know, what a Pisces is capable of. Because Pisces is often viewed as a more um, submissive or just like a more just quieter or not always, you know, trying to be as like bold and in your face type of sign. They're a little bit more like in the clouds type of sign. People might underestimate their ability to like really come to that other level of like scariness. <laughs> Yeah, I feel like also for Pisces, um, a lot of their gifts, like their intuition and their creativity is definitely rooted in that like emotional abundance, like of like that like capacity to hold all that they do. Like I feel like so mm -hmm. much of the magic that they create is like because of the capacity of um, emotions. And we didn't even talk about this, but like Venus exalts in Pisces and Jupiter is at home in Pisces. So Pisces is the only place where both benefics are doing great. And um, Mercury is doing extra bad in Pisces, right? Like it's in detriment and it's in fall. Like how you in detriment and in fall at the same time? I don't even know. But um, to me, that kind of goes back to the fact that like Jupiter and Venus, those are both planets of like abundance, love, connection, um, pleasantries. Um, and I think that relates back to Pisces being that, you know, that sign that every everyone can kind of, a lot of the times people would get along with or they're able to feel close to or connected to. Um, 
But then also Mercury doing having such a hard time in Pisces. It's like it's really hard to articulate Pisces. Like it's to the point where it's like um, if it comes out in words, it'll either be really beautiful words or it'll just be bleh. like it'll just, it won't be actual words. But in music, it's like the best like that's kind of like the, the go between for like making it make sense to the everyday common <laughs> definitely and i feel like music and poetry is such a natural way for the for pisces to channel their emotions and like to even articulate them or to even like what they're going through and also just like for so many things and i don't know if i'm just speaking from experience and i know tony that you have this amazing relationship with music too but i feel like like the way in which music is able to like express some things that i like maybe don't even understand about myself is like so crazy to me and I'm like I like sit there and I wonder if like everyone feels that way or like if it's like very much like a Pisces thing for them or even like for musicians that are like that create like this music and use this as a way to like get this stuff out of them or like um as an outlet Mm -hmm. like the power that that must like how powerful that must be for them yeah so that's a little bit more about Pisces. Um, now I think we want to move into the Virgo Pisces axis and talk a little bit more about how do they relate to one another? What are some phrases that describe this axis? And yeah. Like, I feel like we've talked about this, you know, throughout the whole thing, but man is manifestation versus like fruition. Pisces is manifestation, Virgo is fruition. I feel like it's an axis of like the, like, the mind, body, and the soul. It's the axis of healing. It's a ha- it's an axis of the the small habits and like the dreams or like the big picture. I said like perfection requires faith and faith requires practice. And I feel like that in itself like encapsulates like the axis to me. Mm-hmm. I like that. Can you tell me a little bit more about manifestation versus fruition? Um, yeah, so I feel like manifestation because Pisces is able to, um, like come up with the idea in their head or manifest what life they want or like, you know, like in that way, but then for it to come into fruition or for it to come into harvest, I feel like that's the Virgo, um, part of the axis is like the everyday stuff, the making it physical. Yeah. Yeah. I had, um, the phrase, the physical is spiritual, um, as well as vice versa, like matter is spirit. And the fact that like, there's magic in the mundane. Um, so I feel like I think of this axis often as like this, this meeting of, you know, the gods in the human realm and finding the beauty in both of those experiences, not like rejecting embodiment but also not rejecting spirituality, but like leaving room for, for those two things to kind of come together. And um, yeah, like your phrase around faith and, and perfection and practice definitely gives Virgo Pisces and just realizing that like, you know, the process is also like, you know, how people say like, it's not about the destination, it's about the journey kind of thing. Mm-hmm. There's always um, going to be another mountain. I'm always going to have to make it move. <laughs> yeah, it's the climb. Um, and so I feel like, you know, both like the destination can be great, but like also like the process of getting there, like what would it mean for you to um, 
see the the miracle in the process, see the magic in the process. And also to keep in mind that like bigger idea around, you know, where you come from, where you're going source. And so yeah. like balancing both of those things. And I think also like bringing both of those things into the human experience, like just not letting those become separate, like realizing that it's, it's all the same. What do you feel like um, Pisces has to learn from Virgo specifically? I feel like Pisces has to learn, like you said, yeah, like the the magic in the in the details and the little things. I think Pisces has to learn boundaries from Virgo. I think that Virgo can definitely be overprotected um, when it comes to their boundaries, but I do think that for Pisces that might be necessary. Um, not the overprotection, but just the protection in general. Like you can be connected and still like protect yourself. And um, I feel like Virgo kind of understands that a little bit better. So, yeah. Oh, that's interesting. I think that Virgo, um, I think they definitely have a better grasp on boundaries than Pisces relative to Pisces. But I think Virgo could also learn boundaries um, in terms of like, you know, what they're fixing or what their project is like they don't I think they can kind of the mercurial nature of them can leave them down this like um sort of sometimes self-destructive sometimes just like tunnel vision path of like I need to make this thing perfect and it's like you also probably need to practice boundaries with whatever you're working on yeah definitely um, <laughs> Or whoever you're trying. I think you brought up Pisces trying to be whoever people need them to be. I think Virgo does a similar sort of thing. Maybe not always in the most compassionate way. But they they do kind of take it upon themselves to be the like the person who has to give the advice to everyone. Or the person who yeah. has to try to help fix everyone's life. And it's like you could have more boundaries around like you don't necessarily need to fix everyone's yeah, life. Yeah, I think that they definitely need boundaries in different ways. But in the way that Virgo, um, Virgo doesn't really take input from people, <laughs> mm -hmm. um, or at least not well or not in front of people, maybe behind the scenes. But like, it Virgo doesn't like necessarily allow people to alter their like vision or like their like, you know, like they believe in their heads that they have the best idea. So they don't really like take in other ideas as much. And I think in that way, they do have like rigid boundaries. Mm -hmm. Like they are sometimes not even open to the criticism or whatever. And yeah. I think that in that way, like Pisces could learn from them, like in that sense of how we were talking about Pisces often being too like very sensitive to their environment or sensitive to the people around them or molding to be what another person needs. Mm -hmm. um, and while Virgo might do that in a different way, I, I think that when it comes to the sense of identity, I think Virgo has a better grip on that. Yeah, yeah. I think um, they think a little bit more distinctively about things and not everything is all merging into one for Virgo. Like that mm -hmm. would be chaos for them it's more like okay but things have parts we have we are separate individuals like yeah um, yeah and I, I definitely do think Virgo has I think they can be um under receiving in what they like take from people and then like um Pisces is over receiving <laughs> yes definitely yeah one thing that I came across as I was trying to you know figure out 
Virgo and Pisces together. And like, as I've already mentioned, I think alchemy is important for both of them. Um, I already touched on like alchemy in terms of like turning metals into gold or silver, but also alchemy is about the spiritual process of like um, spiritual, like purification and this belief in the ultimate divine perfection, which was sustaining these ideals around like, oh, you know, we can make things better in the physical, similar to the way in which we can make things better in the spiritual realm, right? So like this idea of purification, both physically and spiritually. Um, and I think they are both very um, invested in that, like this um, this pursuit of perfection. I think perfection slash God slash the divine slash source they're all relevant for Pisces and Virgo. I think they both see the God in you. Like you said, I think there's a potential that they both see and acknowledge. Um, and I think for Virgo, it's like the potential for perfection waiting to be revealed. So they're thinking about how can I, how can I mold this into something perfect? And I think for Pisces, it's the perfection that is already inherent. And so it's like, how can I, show compassion even if it, even if you're not you know at your best even if you're not at your most perfect level now i see that you are from perfection you're derived from perfection just like me so let me show you compassion and generosity and empathy so that i can better connect with you and you can see that perfection in yourself so yeah. Beautifully said. One thing that definitely came up for, I think, both of us, Silver, but, you know, as I was telling you before, um, with alchemy, I, like, went down this rabbit hole of research. I don't know. During this preparing for this episode, I just felt very mercurial in terms of, like, trying to break down the meanings of words and figuring out the root word and figuring out how is it used in different contexts and um, all these different things. But anyways, um bringing it back to Hermes, the Greek god and who has associations with Mercury. Um, when I was doing research on that Greek god, um, I came across this other sort of figure who whose name is Hermes Trismegistus. Um, this particular god is a combination of the Greek god Hermes and the Egyptian god Thoth, who Silver just brought up earlier. Um, and so this particular god is kind of like the um i don't know the god of alchemy like alchemists sort of use the teachings and like the understandings that are associated with this god um in support of their sort of alchemy experiments and their their pursuit of this divine perfection um and so one of the texts that is associated with this god is the emerald tablet and so as i'm doing my little like research trying to figure out like put these pieces together to figure out what why is this relevant to virgo and alchemy and all that kind of stuff um i came across like a translation there's many translations of the emerald tablet which is like um a hermetic text that contains like cryptic information about alchemy and so um the alchemists regarded this text as like the foundation of their art and so like throughout time the the text has been translated and decoded and um it's been translated by like many different like philosophers and 
various like scientists and people. And so one of the people that translated it is Isaac Newton. And I was like, you know, reading into this translation and it's pretty, it's not that long, but I'm not going to read the whole thing. So Newton's translation goes like this. Tis true without error, certain and most true. That which is below is like that which is above. And that which is above is like that which is below to do the miracles of only one thing. And as all things have been and arose from one by the mediation of one, so all things have their birth from this one thing by adaptation. So I feel like that was like in that moment of my sort of rabbit hole research, I was like, "Ah." one, when Silver and I started this podcast and named it as Above So Below, we did not dig into the meaning of the statement that much because we always had heard it in like cultural references and like spiritual references. So we just thought it was just like a thing, like even in our... um, in our little preview, we even mentioned, we're like, yeah, it's just a thing. If you've been in spiritual communities, you know this. Um, so when we read this, or when I read this, I was like, wow, like as above, so below is here. But not only is it here, but like that's where it originated from. Like the saying as above, so below is from the Emerald Tablet. And so, and I think. What a full circle moment. Literally a full circle moment. And it's so reflective of the lesson that this axis teaches us actually because you know virgo being that more um earthly realm trying to find the divine within the within this realm and pisces being that above realm and kind of you know that inner knowing of the divine inherent in all of us and so like bridging those two as above so below And even just you like doing this research and finding this slice of divinity in the, in the details, that in itself is Virgo. Right. Exactly. Exactly. And that's why I was like, it felt like such a Virgo experience of like, you know, trying to put together the pieces of like what makes up Virgo, what makes up Pisces. And also like having these, like these moments of Pisces interjecting and being like, oh yeah, this is all because we are one and we're, this is all divinely orchestrated. Like this is all like so intentional and even just like finding this, like for you to find this on our last episode or during the research for our last episode and for us to close out this way, like with this like quote, I don't know, it was very like synchronicitous. Um, So that's a very beautiful addition. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I feel like, you know, doing that research and coming across that really brought it home for me. Um, I feel like there's definitely more we could say. But before we close it out, I do want to just talk a little bit about Pisces being Pisces risings and what that's meant for us and how that's impacted our journeys here and throughout this conversation. I feel like being a Pisces rising for me is literally like finding the divine or finding source in the everyday life experience of being human of like even in those like even when you're like grieving or like when like in those moments of loss or sorrow of like literally finding little moments and like just like everything feeling like so orchestrated like and you're just like and it just makes you feel like you're in the right place at the right time and like just like I feel like for me, that's the biggest thing or even just like little like messages that I feel I'm getting from spirit or from God or from ancestors. Um, like, and whether or not that's like legit, whether or not that could be disputed, 
um, I feel like that for me makes life like exponentially better and like Mm -hmm. it makes me so much more grateful and excited and joyful to be alive and to be experiencing this um and I don't know it, it makes my relationship with spirituality very close to my heart I think that it like really deepens my relationship with source or with god or with ancestors or anyone that I've like had the privilege of knowing on this physical realm that's like mm-hmm. no longer here. And I don't know that that's the case, like that I'm just cause I'm a Pisces rising, I experience this stuff, but I know that it definitely like aids in that communication. And I think it's a beautiful thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that like the sensitivity, like eventually someday I'm going to get to a point where I'm like able to be like, appreciative and grateful like once I like you know I'm still learning the boundary stuff too okay like I'm on my life path um but once I do get there I know that like all of the beautiful gifts that Pisces has allotted me will like only further improve like my life and like Mm -hmm. the my experiences so yeah (laughs) What does being a Pisces rising mean to you? Um, did you watch the movie Everything Everywhere All at Once? No, I didn't. I've watched I've watched more than half of it like three different times, but I've never finished it. Okay. Um, one, I feel like that one is just such a beautiful movie. Um, but yeah, that's kind of what it feels like sometimes. Um, I think it just it feels like that internal knowing of of being part of source part of the divine part of part of everyone really um mm-hmm. i think it it feel like to me it's been like living throughout the world with that knowledge and having like that knowledge of of source of connection being kind of like a comfort or like a yeah. um just something that makes me feel like, okay, it'll be okay. Right. Like, it's like, I need, I need, I think being a Pisces rising means like craving connection to divine and others via each other. Right. Like connecting to others. I feel like our craving of connection to others is literally just our craving of connection to the divine, like to literally god. yeah that's what i'm saying and, like the hopeless romantic nature is literally just like searching for that like godly love that like yeah exactly like it's like you know that we're all just pieces of god so like fostering connection with others is a way of fostering connection with source is a way right. of like they both work hand in hand and a connection to oneself um and i think obviously for pisces it's like you got to learn that a little bit but like I don't know. I think being a Pisces rising, having Jupiter in the first house, it's been a lot about realizing like, oh, like I am enough. Like there's so much within me to feed that craving. Like I don't have to, like you can connect with others to feed that craving of connection to source, but you don't need to connect with everyone to get connected to to source. You can also connect with yourself to get connected to source. Yeah, Um, that's so real. And I feel like that is a big lesson for me, especially this 12th house year, like just even connecting with self is connecting to source. Yeah. And I feel like that 
sort of process, that emotional experience of source of oneness is what kind of keeps my head above water. I think in the Pisces rising sort of ocean, I think it's like in terms of like just how life can be so overwhelming, so many things can be thrown at you. But like anytime that I like stop myself from like thinking and doing the Virgo thing of going down rabbit holes and just like remind myself like, oh, like, I'm I'm a piece of God. I'm a glimmer of God. Like I made perfect in God's image. Then it's kind of like, okay, it kind of lightens the load of like life <laughs> and the embodied experience. Yeah, definitely. I feel like also being a Pisces rising is having that faith of knowing that you're blessed, that like you're protected and you're abundant. And like, I don't know that that like comes automatically or if that's with time, but like eventually getting to that point of knowing like, that you are like the same source that you were seeking like you know Mm -hmm. like you're made of the same source and that's such a beautiful thing exactly and then it's like the capabilities you have because of that like allowing your imagination to take you where it needs to take you being able to time travel and being able to like you know just like without the limitations of a body like obviously the embodied experience is important and as a Taurus I'm never going to deny that but (laughs) um without when you aren't limited by the body when you allow yourself to to um transcend the physical what can you experience and it's like I don't know I just feel like it's just so um life sustaining to know that like I can experience all these other lives like I can experience you know the I can go back in time and and be in a dream with another person that like maybe isn't any longer on the physical realm I can go into the future and and look into like you know my grandchildren or whatever (laughs) and like just not being restricted by like you know what is possible in quote-unquote reality like obviously reality is important but like if you are more than human if you are a piece of the divine you have divine capabilities (laughs) yeah oh and I think that's a beautiful note to end on hope you all enjoyed this like Virgo Pisces episode um I really enjoyed speaking on this axis I think these are beautiful beautiful signs and I honestly like by the end of this whole thing the lesson here is that Loki I love all of them even some of them that might stink a little bit (laughs) (laughs) the lesson here is as above so below the lesson here is as above so below as as below below, so so above. above There's so much beauty in all the signs. And I feel like that's kind of what Pisces teaches too. Like after you've gone through all the signs, Pisces is like, we're all beautiful. We're all the same. Like um, mm-hmm. we're all from the same thing. Um, and so it's been such a fun exercise of going through each of these signs. It's definitely helped me to look, like learn more and think more critically about yeah. you know, the way these signs show up. I feel like my ability to like when people will tell me they're a certain sign or they'll tell me their different placements my uh craft Virgo word has gone up in terms of like being able to really think about like how the nuances of a placement might show up versus mm-hmm. like like I feel like um just getting more precise with like oh like this is actually a you know a cancer experience or a yeah. Virgo, whatever um so I've definitely seen my growth in that area and I think our like our also our dissecting of these like planets and the building blocks has definitely helped me view them in different like um, 
placements that I might not have or whatever. Yeah, but this exactly. has also been a very beautiful journey to share with you, Tone. And I know. I really yeah, enjoyed, I, like doing this with you of all people. Yes, me too. I really feel like you know this Pisces rising connection that we've had, all of our friendship, all of our lives, and the past lives before it. Um, <laughs> really came together and has been articulated in a really nice way in terms of the conversations we've shared. And so I'm glad we got to do it. Yeah, I am too. So thank you all for listening and joining us on this journey. And we will hopefully be back for another season. Who knows on what subject, but send us Rex if you think you really have a strong idea. (laughs) (laughs) Only strong ideas. I've gotten a few suggestions. I know who y'all are, okay? (laughs) And we will see you next time. We'll see you next season, guys. Bye.